Katosh. What it is, what it do. This is Rambling, your weekly Rams podcast that gives you insight of the team and news from around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from Agora Hills, California. As we head into week seven, the Rams are now 3-3 three and three after losing to the 49ers at the Coliseum on Sunday. Joining me today, he's an NFL insider and reporter for Fox and NFL Network, which means you can find him on multiple television networks, not only for his information, but because he has amazing hair. He is a jack-of-all-trades when it comes to to the NFL, and now my favorite man on Wall Street, thanks to some genius <laughs> programming on Good Morning Football, Peter Schrager. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> yes, that's the best introduction I've ever gotten. Thank you. Know, you. I love it. I take pride that's in these awesome. things. Um, what, forget, forget the Rams. No, you've come on this yeah, yeah. podcast to talk about the Rams, but honestly, uh, this Wall Streeters idea yeah. that you do is hilarious. What uh, you and Kyle Brandt, you go hard on the streets at 7 a.m. East Coast time. Where did this all start? And, and all right. can we see more of this like at, yeah. outside of television? <laughs> Yes. Let me explain the segment first. Segment is Kyle Brandt and I both play two, uh, let's just say caffeinated characters <laughs> out on actual Wall Street. <clears throat> and we talk about the stocks and the uh, stock prices of NFL teams. It's really just an excuse for us to act like maniacs. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I live in New York City. <laughs> Kyle lives in Westchester. There's a different brand of finance guy in both of those worlds. In New York City, a lot of them are young, 20, 30-year-old, obsessed with materialism and here we go, and I'm going to talk about the fancy car I have and all the stuff, and I like to play that role. And Kyle plays the, uh, I'd say, the 30- to 40-year-old guy with the family and living out that life out in suburbia, and both of us come in. Like I said, highly caffeinated, and at some point we talk about football, but we do it on actual Wall Street, and the response we've gotten from both people inside the NFL, outside the NFL, and even the finance world has been overwhelming. So the truth of the matter is we work four days a week talking football all day long, then we do this banana segment where we are worried about our job security once we walk back in the building because of how crazy it is. And that's the stuff that hits. So my lesson to anybody is just, just go for it and see, see what happens. It's working really well for you guys. I think that you should both become actual Wall Streeters and quit your jobs covering the NFL because <laughs> sure. it's useless. you're doing nothing for us outside of those no. other days. <laughs> um, all right, so to the actual football. During the last 24 hours, the Rams have put one corner on IR, put one on a plane, picked up some depth at O-line, uh, picked up a linebacker from the Ravens, not named Ray Lewis, and now we have... Jalen Ramsey. Um, do you think these moves are performance-based, personnel-based, or something else? Uh, just so that the Rams are continuing to be aggressive. And that's what it is. You've got to be the aggressor in this situation. I, you know, I, I've taken a lot of heat because on Good Morning Football this morning, I'm like, I love the trade for the Rams. Everyone's like, well, what, they give up and they don't have draft picks. I ask you, if, if you're doing a job, would you rather do it and just kind of be passive and wait for things to happen? Or would you want to do a job as aggressive and as in the moment as possible? I guess I'm, I'm wrong and I'm short-sighted. Everyone tells me I'm wrong. But I defended this last year when they brought in, oh, I don't know, Akib Talib and Marcus Peters and Dante Fowler, guys that were supposed to have two bigger personalities. And Indama Kinsu, who isn't going to be a good teammate. And guess what? It worked. Like, to me, 
if we're doing this at all, let's do it and do it in the moment. I don't think you have to worry that much about 2024 at the moment. So I'm a Rams fan this morning. I just got the best cornerback in football. And that's how I think most people around the league look at Jalen Ramsey. So if you have the best cornerback in football, the best defensive player overall in football, it gives you a pretty good chance to win. You can't lose sleep over draft picks. I've never been uh, as high on the draft pick capital world. And if you're a Rams fan, going back to the St. Louis days, there's been plenty of draft picks who have not worked out. So to me, I love the aggressive nature. Marcus Peters, we can talk about also, but Jalen Ramsey is the biggest story. For sure. And I actually really love like living in the moment because it's really about like this team has high expectations. You know, we've never seen anyone not be aggressive when it came to one Sean McVay came in and the changes they made. I will say, and Matt will, and I will agree, we will miss Marcus Peters because he's Cooper Cup's biggest fan. Cooper Cup! Cup. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because I immediately got on my phone and started doing that game where, all right, what was the story with Peters before the Ramsey trade? And I was like, Okay, well, he's got a history of not being necessarily the most uh, best player or teammate or guy as far as, you know, playing by the rules in Kansas City and they had issues with Andy and all that stuff. And I can't find a Rams person, whether it be you guys on the media side, whether it be media that covers them, whether it be people in the building or teammates who have a negative thing to say. So for a year and a half, they got the best version of Marcus Peters, both in the locker room, around the team. And I think he changed the reputation on how he's viewed. So. He ends up going to a Baltimore Ravens team that is another great franchise. They didn't dump him off to some losing team. They didn't cut him. I think this is a win for both teams. He'll be a free agent. He'll get his money somewhere. And Marcus Peters is only 26 years old. There's still good football left for him. And, you know, being from Kansas City, all my friends are back home. are like, <laughs> I was wondering how long it would take. What did he do? What yeah, did he do? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. been nice to prove them wrong, even though they don't. I can't even tell them the full story. Of, they don't want to hear it. Right. Yeah, no, they don't. I mean, like that, I mean, yeah, Marcus, I remember, you know, he, he gets free stuff all the time. You know, most of these athletes get free stuff, but he would always give his cleats or like he got some gift cards. I remember he'd call over one of the equipment guys and be like, yo, Lewis, come over here. And he would just hand him like, here's $200 worth of groceries or here's my new cleats that I just got that don't fit me right. So, I mean, it's like those types of things you don't necessarily see because he's a, a emotional player on the field. But, you know, he will be missed in this locker room. Nonetheless, we're very excited that we've got Jalen Ramsey. Um, to give you a gut check on your annual tradition, 30 minutes before week one yeah. kicks off, your tweet, you tweet out your Super Bowl pick. So it's yep. pinned at the top of your Twitter timeline, so everyone can go look at that. I don't run away from these things. Yep, nope. I was like, I'm coming for you, Shriggs. Um, Rams over Chiefs. How do you feel about that right now? Well, they've combined for, let's see, the Rams have lost three straight, the Chiefs have lost two straight, so that's five straight losses. I don't feel great about it. Don't feel great. Can't say can't say I'm uh, happy I pinned it to my Twitter account. And yet, if you were to ask me, okay, if you have to pick two new teams, one from the NFC, one from the AFC, go, I'm not necessarily sure I would. I, I don't think any of these teams that have jumped out to hot starts are slam dunks. I've got questions about the Patriots still based on their offensive output and who Brady's going to throw to in these big games when they actually play some good defenses. And then on the NFC side, I still think it's wide open. I know the 49ers gave it to the Rams pretty badly last week, and I know that the Saints are winning without two Brees. But I don't want to say that the Rams are done, and I certainly got a good indication of how the team feels yesterday when they're mortgaging their next two first-round picks to bring in a cornerback. So I'm not running away from the Rams just yet, but you've got to beat Atlanta this weekend. I mean, that is a huge game. You can't go to three and four and have losses against 
teams in, uh, you know, four straight weeks. Right. You know, the Rams going against the Falcons. They haven't really proved the Falcons, I would say, haven't really proved themselves defensively. So, like, yeah, you go you go Atlanta, then you go London. What do you think the Rams really need to prove over the next two weeks heading into that bye? And not just getting wins, but I think there's more to show, right? Yeah, and you got to win both games. The offense needs to get right. Look, it's, everyone wants to point to Gurley, but if the offensive line is as big as it's been, the last few weeks, I don't care if you have Barry Sanders and Earl Campbell back there. Um, Gurley's health is obviously an issue. We'll see where that goes. But to me, this offensive line losing Noteboom is a big loss. I don't know if they wish they had, you know, kept Saffold or they even could have afforded Saffold, but there needs to be some sort of solution because there is a clear difference when that offensive line is keeping the pocket clean for Jared Goff. And of course, there's a clear difference when those lanes are open for the running back position. So to me, I think. The wins are obvious. you got to win both of those games, both the one in London and the one against the Falcons. But then most importantly, it's just an improved look on offense when they get their groove back because the last two weeks, and you can even go back to the Cleveland game, I don't think the Rams' offenses look very good. Yeah. A couple of years ago, you said the Rams' wide receiver trio was the, the best in the league. Do you still share that opinion? Well, let's go. Let's think. Who's the other? I mean, when the Chiefs are healthy, I think Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, Nicole Hardman can make an argument. And I think Diggs and Steele are the best duo. But, gosh, I mean, I wouldn't want a, better, a different trio in the league than those three. I think Woods, Cup, Goff, still interchangeable. Cooks, Cooks we got to see what his health status is him. But, like, you know, quietly, Cooper Cup is a top three or four wide receiver in the league this season. And I still think Robert Woods is one of the best at what he does. So, yeah, I think I would still stand behind that unless one of these Vikings guys comes out of the blue and, you know, Treadwell or Chad Beebe has some huge season, I think it's going to be the Rams for the top three. Yeah, you never actually see three wideouts also who are very unselfish and somehow have all successfully gotten uh, the passing yards that they've got. Like, what are they, the first? The, they're fir- the, the only group with 300 Over 300, yards yeah. Um, all right, so some news from around the NFL. We're, uh, because we, we've led this, this uh, news from around the NFL pretty heavy because of the Rams' changes yeah. in the last 24 hours. I thought we would focus on NFL quarterbacks, and I kind of want to just get like a, do you believe? Can we, can, we get a, can we get a lifeline out here? We're gonna, Matt's going to okay. set us up with some quarterbacks from around the NFL 5, and basically I just want to get your opinion. Like, Do you believe that they will change the season around? Do you believe that they're the answer? for these teams. Maddie. Got to start with the Minshew magic down in Jacksonville. I'm out. I'm out on Minshew madness. I thought it was a fun ride, but if Nick Foles is available, I think you brought Nick Foles in for 20 some odd million. Minshew could have a great career in the NFL and improved a lot in very short time frame. But I think if you have to choose between Foles and Minshew and Minshew is both healthy and Foles is both healthy, I go with Foles. Foles yeah. That's what you brought him in for. I don't think you get caught up in the madness, especially after the last few weeks when Minshew is, you know, not last two weeks ago, but last week when Minshew did not look great against the Saints. That's what you get when you when you pay a Super Bowl champion. All right. Um, <laughs> Sam Darnold is out of the hospital. No more mono for the man. And he's gotten a win over the Cowboys. Is Do you believe, Schrager? Do you believe? Yeah, I believe. I'm in. I'm all in on on Darnold. I think Darnold's really good. And I, you know, I was around that team this summer quite a bit, and there was such an enthusiasm and energy around the New York Jets, and it all just, it was like a pin was stuck in a balloon the way it all went down after Darnold got the mono diagnosis. The rest of the team shut it down also. They were just terrible. Coaches almost didn't even want to come to work. It felt like 
and yet here we are, and suddenly there's this new enthusiasm. I don't think it's a no-brainer that they're losing that game Monday night. They play the Patriots. If Darnold can get this thing going, Patriots, I think, have a have a loss coming their way at some point. Why not be the Jets in New York? Our USC crowd will love that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Kyler Murray down in Arizona. Arizona. Oh. oh, I'm so in. I'm so in. I, he's the best player in the NFL no one's talking about. The last two weeks, he's been unbelievable. He's just voted NFC Offensive Player of the Month. And I watch his games, and no one else does because they play in these weird time windows, and they're always up against a big game. And when you see Bengals, Cardinals on the schedule, you're not watching it. Or you see Bay, you know, Cardinals, Falcons. He's amazing. He runs all over the field. He throws balls on a dime. And the, the arm trajectory he throws, it's like Mahomes almost, but different. Uh, it's sidearm. It's over the top, and it's off crazy angles. He's the most unique-looking quarterback as far as size and stature goes, but also how he throws the rock. I just entertainment value alone. I'm all in on Tyler Murray. I think sky's the limit. I think he's going to be a headache in the NFC West for the next ten years. And he's kind of what we thought Mariota was going to be. But speaking of the Titans, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, <laughs> funny. <laughs> this is. I'll just be candid with you. We do the shows on Mondays after all the highlights, and they're like, "All right, Peter, you're going to do Broncos Titans highlights." And I'm like, "I'll talk about the Broncos, but like, I'm almost fine." not talking about the Tennessee Titans for a couple of weeks, guys. I, I, it's like every week so you want to jump on the Titans after they win. Yeah, but they <laughs> win a game, and you're like, all right, Titans, they play great defense. Mike Vrabel, they just are so boring on offense and so non-inventive, and Mariota doesn't seem to have many emotions, so you have to, like, assume he's, he's leading the team, but then you got to guess, and you hate the guesswork, and I don't know. I, I'm not asking for the guy to be running through a wall or to be Drew Brees before a game, but the complete – lack of personality externally at least from from Mariota during these losses it just makes me frustrated and Tannehill I, you know are they suddenly gonna go on some crazy run we've seen it before a lot of backups get a new spot and they you know turn it on Nick Foles being one of them obviously you guys know all too well um but I just I don't know Titans I'd rather us you know we just spent a minute on the Titans I'm good <laughs> just briefly because you brought up the Broncos Joe Flacco yeah. has gotten what two wins in a row now after yeah. a slow start do you, is he returning to elite form? Ah, the Joe Flacco elite conversation. I went to bed for about six months, and now can finally be brought back up. Uh, I think they could beat the Chiefs on Thursday. And I don't know if it's going to be outdated by the time that game plays and this podcast is listened to by the listeners, but I think Flacco's been pretty good. You know what they expected. I don't think he's a long-term answer by any means. I'm not sure Drew Locke is a long-term answer there by any means, but I do think that Joe Flacco will be the quarterback this season, and the Broncos, with that defense, are going to be in every game. The last one I'll hit you with for the quarterbacks around the NFL, just <laughs> whoever is suited up for the Washington we football don't know. team. They don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I used to talk about just a situation that leaves everyone scratching their heads. And yet no one at all says, hey, wait a second. Maybe Dwayne Haskins was the 15th overall pick for a reason and 14 teams passed on him. And maybe he wasn't ready to start year one. And this wasn't the best situation for him either. So I am out on Keenum. I'm out on McCoy. And until Dwayne Haskins is given the confidence of his coaching staff to even start a game, I can't say I'm dying to see him. Look, they have every incentive in the world to play their rookie quarterback. He's not ready yet. And if he's not ready yet, I don't think you want to see him out there. It's not going to do anybody any good. So I'm going to say let's wait till 2020 before we grade any of the quarterbacks in Washington. It's kind of a lost season. And uh, Alex Smith with 17 surgeries in his in, in his, his leg. leg. Saw that. <laughs> yeah. One of the one of the one of the best dudes in all of football. And I actually saw they were doing Dolphins Redskins. 
he's been hanging out with Daniel Snyder and Bruce Allen in the box, like in the ownership box. Like, I'm glad he's still a part of the team because yeah. I can be sarcastic and all that stuff and all earnest. It's like one of the best dudes in football, oh. and I'm glad he's still part of the Redskins. Yeah. Oh, Serena, do you know what time On that is? note. What time yeah. is it? <laughs> it is time for Serena's social segment. <laughs> yeah, I like that Matt changes his voice somehow just for that one. Like he just, on Wednesdays we wear pink. Like what well, happened Until we get a Matt? better drop. We'll, we'll record <laughs> some, yeah. some newer Matt's, drops. Meanwhile, Matt's sitting there on TikTok doing emojis like he's not into this stuff. Come on. Total millennial move. Uh, today <laughs> is National Dictionary Day. Mm. Yum. So I would like to throw some random word. The way that's going to work, I'm going to throw some words out that I've pulled randomly from the dictionary, and I want to hear, Peter, your your best guess as to what the word means. Serena, your okay. best guess as to what the word means, and then I'll give you the answer, okay? Great. We're going to start with an easy one. Quizzle. Q-U-I-S-L-E. Quizzle. A quizzle is a utensil you use to paint on a giant canvas. You pull out the quizzle. And it's huge strokes, and it completely covers the canvas in one stroke. It's like a really wonderful instrument for painting. You got it on the first try. Did um, you really? No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on, man. <laughs> I'm sitting right next to him, and I'm like, oh. What do you got? What do okay, you got? What's uh, a quizzle? Quizzle is uh, an instrument you would use to herd sheep with, and farmers okay. use it to also cut grass when they don't have um, that other thing to cut grass with. A multi-purpose uh, quizzle does everything. Okay, <laughs> quizzle like you. I'm sure it's on the Home Shopping Network right now. Like you can just order it online, nine ninety nine yeah. a month for five years. What do you got? Is, what do we got? I know this is shocking, but you guys are far more entertaining than the dictionary. <laughs> quizzle just means to betray. Oh, yeah, it's a verb. You've okay. quizzled us. <laughs> gotcha. Matt quizzled us. I got you right out of the gate. Darn. Next one. Okay. Geofail. This is not a verb. Well, kind of. Yeah, but not could, really. I was like, do we do spelling bees here? Geo fail. Like J E O F A I L. Okay. I don't know the language. J E O F A I L. Not G E O. Right, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, well, that's okay. easy. Not so easy. A geo fail. A geo fail is a, um, it's a type of vehicle that the Nordic folks use when they are navigating around countries in. Um, Sweden and Finlandia and areas like that. It is a snow-operated um, vehicle of sorts that has multiple purposes in that weather. Ooh. Uh, my guess is Geofail is um, the new nail polish that they just put out. Because, you know, like, they have all the names I underneath totally know that. the nail yeah, polishes. Yeah. So I was just thinking that's, like, the new um, uh, greenish, bluish, yellow color that's out okay, on the streets. A, a geofail like is the legal acknowledgement of a mistake. Oh, so geez. the next time somebody is wrong, like this. It's I a would, bad nail yes, polish color. I would like a, your geofail in the morning on my desk. Give it to me in a sense. Like, I geofailed or in the court of law, it's a geofail. Like, what does that even I, I believe it's used? like, uh, probably. <laughs> Matt, all of a sudden, is now the dictionary law. master. Yes. I believe yeah, I that it is. <laughs> You better no, use all these words work, today. Yeah. You that, need to use that all big these 12 words. Education coming at you. <laughs> um, yeah. Next one, Damson, D A M S O N. Not Damson, like there's Damson. Damson, Damson. Right. Yeah, that's probably. what I was gonna guess. I like the girl from the Bronx came out. Okay. Yes, <laughs> Damson. A, da a Damson is um, a big disappointment when you are really leading up to something. It's a giant disappointment in someone's life. It was, you know, I really wanted to 
marry the high school sweetheart or marry the homecoming queen, but it was a damson when I did not marry the homecoming queen. How's that? Yeah, I like that. I'm actually going to, I think this is the word that you shout out when you decide to find a spot um, when you're going out to park and all of a sudden the person in front of you is like, nah, man, damn son, I got this spot right here and I'm taking it from you. And you're like, dude, I've been waiting for at least 20 minutes and you decided to come up in here and take the spot before me. Uh, Damn son. Sounds very personal. Yeah. (laughs) Might have experienced this Wow, how was your drive in this morning? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Uh, how to go driving into Aurora Hills. Right. Agora Hills and so many parking Agora Hills, yeah. Uh, you were closer with the nail polish. Damson is a dark brownish purple color. Damn, son. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. This one's tricky. They're all okay. tricky, Matt. <laughs> Jeepable. Ooh. As in J-E-E-P-A-B-L-E. It means you can you can put the, the roof down. You can, you know, get out, get out your Dave Matthews band and you can put it on and you can just get in that world and be capable. That's what it is. You you just want to go in the suburbs of Illinois and just enjoy the summer breeze and uh, listen to Dave and maybe some fish. And, you know, do you have the Funyuns in the back? It's capable. I want to say this is a type of uh, drink, a frothy uh, drink that they um, they have in Hawaii that they haven't, you know, even <laughs> created yet, but it will be created. So be this is a delicious jeepable. And I'm drinking it right now. I'm giving Schrager the point because it's close enough. Able to be traversed by a Jeep. Ah, Jeepable. There it is. (laughs) Don't have to think so hard. Uh, Next one, Kittoge. Spell it, please. Kittoge. K-I-T-T-H-O-G-E. A Kittoge is, you're you're pronouncing it wrong. A (laughs) Kittoge is when... uh, it's a little appetizer, kind of wets the palate a little bit or cleans the palate before you have a big meal. You go to a fancy restaurant. It's either orange sorbet or maybe uh, a, a, some lemonade, something just to clean the palate. It is a katoche. Um, I'm going to guess this is uh, the process before you take your dishes out of the sink and you put them in the, in the, um, the what do you call it? <laughs> The dish, dishwasher. Yeah. Again, very personal. Very personal. <laughs> and so, like, you know that process? Because some people don't have to wash the dishes, but some do. So that's the process. It's like a weird word that you're not really sure why you're taking the dishes out of the sink. You might as well just wash them in the sink instead of putting them in yep. the dishwasher. Just save yourself the time. So because I have no idea what this word means, I also don't know why it's people do kutosh. both. It's a katosh, yeah. So the definition is left-handed, semicolon, awkward. And I don't know if that means <laughs> left-handed, or awkward or left-handed <laughs> yeah, and yeah. awkward. Yeah. Do you have to be left-handed awkward and awkward moment. or is it interchangeable? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. Katosh. Katosh. <laughs> Katosh. All right. Last one. Uh, last one. Mnemonist. And it's spelled M-N-E-M-O-N-I-S-T. And I will give you one hint. Sean McVay. Oh. Okay. I'm going to say that word. Pronounce it one more time for me. I believe it's mnemonist. Mnemonist. I'm not okay. honest. I'm honest. <laughs> I'm going to say this is high energy and a almost uncomfortable amount of positivity. Mm. If you are walking around mnemonist all day long where everything is awesome and life is great and, hey, the offensive line is going to be just perfect and the running game is going to be cool and Jared Goff is the man. That is mnemonist. Uh, I'm going to go with super genius or really great hair. 
Okay. A mnemonist <laughs> is one from whose memory nothing is yeah. erased. I get the still point. Still with the McVeigh memory stuff. Yeah. We're still doing that? We're still doing that, I mean, it. when does that jump the show? When is that done? <laughs> never. We never forget, never? Peter. Focus never. Is he going to do another Bleacher Report article on it or something? <laughs> Top 10 Every Sean McVeigh does sayings from the presser. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Gosh. I like the word, though. Mnemonic. All, All right. right. Well, Shit, I'll remember that. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and to wrap it up, um, we ask every uh, guest that comes on the podcast, if not for football, then what? Uh, we've had the craziest answers from, like, Trey Wingo saying he would be a marine biologist. Ryan Clark Ooh. said he would be a principal. Just what in the world would you be doing if football did not exist? I think I would be a U.S. history teacher. A what? I think a U.S. history teacher. I used Ooh. to love U.S. history. I would take AP history, and I would be the guy who would, like, you know, come in with with takes takes on the War of eighteen twelve. Like I, I loved it. I would say I would be a U.S. history teacher for a public school on the Jersey Shore in New Jersey and be the happiest man alive. Your favorite president? I mean, that's a close one. I, I'm gonna go with my favorite being Teddy Roosevelt, not FDR. Everyone loves FDR. I'm gonna say Teddy Roosevelt. Bit of a war hawk at times, but also great for the environment and had a big personality. I'm gonna go Teddy Roosevelt. How's also, that? Then? Took a bullet. Through the chest, <laughs> saved by his up speech in his shirt pocket. True story. True all story. true. All true. Look all at, true. Look at Matt like, here trying to hey, like be your rival. <laughs> I take your class. Well, what, what would be, Matt, what would be your favorite president? Now, well, I was going to say Teddy Roosevelt. That was wow. my little tidbit. That was gonna I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to leave no. now. <laughs> Who do you got, Trina? Who do you got? You got to pick one. <laughs> Man, well, I'm not the history buff in here right now. Okay. Um, all right. I might go JFK. Works, JFK, I JFK. like the bridge, like you know. It. I'm all about, sure. you know, a good bridge great. and a good president who's got a bridge great. named after him. Good, good president, great bridge. Yes, exactly. I'm in. Oh, man. Love all right. It. That's it. That's our 12th episode of Ramblin'. Uh, Peter, appreciate you coming on the pod. For those looking for more, make sure you check out our other Rams podcast, Rams Revealed with JB Long. We'll catch you. We'll catch you on the flip side. It was fun. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.